Working on Thomas. Gets around him. Up under and in. Oh, what a move for Kyrie Irving. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joined with me, as always, it's Zeeshan. Yo. All right, man. Just like last week, we're basically still in the dry period of the NBA where there really isn't a lot going on. Uh, fortunately for us, the NFL season starting to pick up, so there is something at least to... Uh, training camp's around the corner for the Training NFL. camp is literally yeah. happening now, so uh, there's uh, at least something to uh, some sports. World to Cup is to. starting, though, too. Yeah, the FIBA World Cups are also starting, so the uh, U.S. and Canadian camps have already started, and I feel like around the world has also been starting their training camp, so... There is some, it's starting to pick up, but it's right now a very dry period in the NBA. So in this episode of the podcast, we'll be breaking down a few a few uh, headlining stories that we have going on. We'll be talking about the leaked opening day and Christmas day schedules for the NBA. We'll be talking, and we'll also be going into a very sensitive topic as far as uh, NBA players who are remembered for the wrong reasons. And this has a lot to do with recent recent reports about Carmelo Anthony and how he went in his interview when he went on ESPN and stuff. So we'll be going over that. And also we'll be going, we'll be breaking down the up and under segment. So without any further ado, let's get right into this. So the, apparently the opening day schedules got leaked, uh, somehow. So they always get leaked though. Yeah, they got leaked. And, uh, so we don't know hundred percent of these are going to be official. And these, we only have two matchups so far. So we'll basically be breaking these down one by one, giving us our thoughts on why and how we think they're going to be. So the first matchup on opening day, Lakers versus Clippers. So essentially the battle of LA begins. And honestly, this is a really good match to start, to start off the league. It's, it's literally, it's, we get to see which dynamic duels are going to be better. It's, so AD and Braun versus Kawhi PG. Yeah. And then on top of that, all the role players for each team is are pretty good too. Exactly. And these two teams are gonna be playing four times. So this is this is the first matchup. So we're gonna be seeing like you know basically everything gets started. Like the whole new landscape of the NBA. In addition too, they're both kind of new teams pretty much. Essentially, so yeah. They're, they're they're these are the first games that are all official games that are all playing with each other. So we're gonna see like how each guy, uh, each team adjusts to each other on the fly in the first game together. Yeah, well. and I'm I'm honestly just excited to see, uh, like like you said, like which which ones like who's better, you know. Obviously, it's gonna be the first game of the season, and it's probably gonna be the first time these teams are gonna be playing together. But it would be interesting to see. Also, coaching wise, how is Frank Vogel gonna fare against a exactly. coach like Doc Rivers? You think Frank Vogel is gonna come out of the gate with a? Uh, with a good game plan, with the with and with the locker room that's going to respect him, or is that going to take some time? It's going to be interesting to see. Also, um, one thing how how in in relation to the dynamic duo um, talk about how PG and Kawhi play off of each other, who gets the ball in what spots, who who will Imagine spot they up. Manage. Bro, imagine they load manage the first. Nah, if they load manage, bro, (laughs) NBA has to like find them or something, bro. Like no way. I can Um, see that happening. (laughs) And also, also the thing about because LeBron said he would take a step back for Kawhi. Obviously, uh, we all anticipate him letting Anthony Davis probably get average more points this year, Mm -hmm. um, letting him take over more. So we'll see how LeBron tries to play. Um, in keep, the first game off Anthony Keep in mind, we, this is the first time we'll be seeing LeBron play in, like, months of recovery. Like, exactly. we haven't seen LeBron play since, like, end of March. Because he yeah, barely like played proper, in April. Yeah, like, properly. Yeah. Like, properly played. 
Yeah. Well, well and properly, properly in January. In January. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, uh, it's, it's... Yeah, so we'll see how LeBron plays. Because we saw last year LeBron tried playing off the young guys. And he tried. Yeah. And he, it just wasn't working properly. So he literally ended up going back to what he was used to in Cleveland, which was just getting the ball for... Yeah. shooters supposedly around him which didn't work either now it's kind of interesting where uh he now has ad so again like you said how much is he gonna play off of ad how much is ad gonna get the ball uh but yeah i mean and yeah so the pick and roll combo and in addition to um if lebron wants to go those minutes without if let's say ad's on the bench uh if lebron wants to go those minutes they now have the capability to put four shooters around lebron and do that style of play all I know is for sure that this is going to be an intense matchup. And this is basically going to be like a playoff atmosphere type matchup. I think both fan bases are excited. But, and Staples Center is going to be literally packed for this game. Because both Clippers and Lakers fans want to see which team is better. It's and, interesting to see how all these Clippers fans randomly came out of nowhere, bro. Like, I don't, I don't remember my whole life ever seeing more than like five Clippers fans at once. <laughs> That's a little generous, but okay. Okay, bro. Literally, <laughs> my dad went to LA too, and all he said he saw was Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. He did. If I asked him right now, I don't even think he would know what the Clippers are. <laughs> so, like, I don't, uh, Clippers fans coming out of nowhere. Bro. Look, I'm, I'm. I said it in the last episode that the Clippers are gonna be my uh, sort of uh, dark horse favorite team or like favorite team to watch. I don't really think you can. Oh. Favorite to watch. I yeah, like he's they're gonna like like I said like in that last episode I was more like I always pick, I have I, I cheer for the Raptors Raptors are gonna be my, my team I follow but I always pick one team that I kind of like you know follow on the side and be like okay yeah I want to see yeah, how these guys my, my dark horse horse favorite team's Phoenix Suns. Psych. Wow. <laughs> wow you, 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 <laughs> I, I was about to roast your yeah. ass so bad. Phoenix fans, my bad. I don't know why I did I that. I was about to roast this man so I don't, bad. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I'm randomly bro, taking bro, shots bro. at Sony's fans. They're, bad, they're yeah. the new Knicks. They're, all, they're already it's, like struggling. It's too easy. Like the Knicks literally, like they, they, they took all the fun out of it by embarrassing themselves. <laughs> the offseason. So we got to turn our attention to the other New York Knicks. The New York Knicks of the West. Which is the Phoenix Suns. Except the Phoenix Suns have been far more irrelevant. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's the first matchup. Exciting matchup to start off the the start of the NBA season. The second matchup we'll be seeing we'll be seeing the defending champions, the Toronto Raptors, taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. First things first, Raptors ring ceremony. That will be uh one one moment that in particular that we will be excited about. Just, just even seeing, though there's no Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, just seeing. I mean, honestly speaking, just seeing Kyle Lowry, Kyle with the Lowry, ring, Serge Ibaka. Just seeing these guys like Marcus Sewell, like seeing yeah. these guys with the rings. It's like it's gonna be official and stuff. And uh, you know, it's are they be- gonna give Drake a ring like on the court? Like I know he has his own ring. Are they actually gonna give him one in the ceremony? He's the global ambassador, so... Loki, they will. No, yeah, they probably, probably will. They probably, they probably will. They probably will. <laughs> they probably will. <laughs> they probably will. <laughs> bro, they probably... They gave everyone ring. They're gonna probably give everyone ring. Bro, they'll give freaking Barnyani a ring. They'll give... Bar- <laughs> <laughs> they'll give freaking Chris Bosh a ring. Dude, if Barnyani gets a ring, I'm going to his house and stealing it, bro. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is a... Honestly speaking, just as, a, as of a matchup, this is a very exciting matchup. Nah, you know what would be sick? If they brought back all the legends for the ring ceremony, man. I feel like they might... That would be a good idea. I feel know. like they might. I feel like they might. I mean, they did. They did it for the playoffs for the finals. So like, yeah, I, I, I can like see bring that. back Chris Bosh, Stoudemire, 
Tracy. Uh, well, VC is they can't, be playing. They can't bring yeah, back VC. VC's playing. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, they can bring back Legends from the back, Damon Stoudemire and people yeah, play with that. Sort Charles of Oakley, all those guys. Yeah, it, it's going to be a spectacle, especially because this is also the 25th season of the Raptors. So, 25th anniversary season, so it's going to be a very special season. Exactly. And a very special start to the season. But as a matchup, as far as the matchup is concerned, this is a this is going to be a fun matchup. It's a fun matchup. Uh, um, definitely. It's it's two uh, kind of rebuilding teams in a way. I think uh, the Raptors Kawhi, are, are retooling. retooling, retooling Raptors are say. retooling, the Pelicans are rebuilding. Oh, the Pelicans are good in a good spot now. You like To be honest, like rebuilding teams are... The whole term of rebuilding teams are... Pretty much associated with like bottom. Like, so what do we call the Knicks? They've, they've been in one spot the entire time. <laughs> um, I don't know. Bro. We'll, we'll get we'll get we'll get back to that one. <laughs> what do we I, call I, the New I York? I don't Knicks? even know, man. Just they've been rebuilding for the last twenty years. Bro. Pathetic. I mean, that's one way to describe them, bro. Okay. I mean, we don't even have to say anything. Just ask a Knicks fan, and they'll roast the whole team for for us. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, back to the topic on hand. So basically. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a uh, a good matchup. I mean, not only will we be seeing the debut of Zion and the new look Pelicans, like, that's going to be a fun matchup, but also we're going to see what the Raptors are going to look like now that Kawhi has truly left. And Danny Green. And Danny cool. Green. And so we're going to see, like, is this team still going to be championship count? Like, well, maybe not championship count. Is this team going to be still one of the top teams in the league? With, with obviously, the young guys and uh uh, Norman Powell and OG now in the starting lineup. Yeah, and then also a couple of the additions the Raptors added with Stanley Johnson and uh, Rondé Hobbs Jefferson. Actually, actually, no, no, no. OG will probably start. I feel like one thing in particular with the Raptors that people are sleeping on is the fact that they move the ball very well. They have they have two. Creators. Well, they have a good system with Nick Nurse. Exactly, they have good. Uh, they have a good system. They have good creators in Lowry and Gasol. They have guys who can play off the elbow. Um, I mean, like, make plays. Obviously, their offense isn't going to be as good without Danny Green. Yeah, it's not going to um, be as dynamic, Kawhi. I'd say. It's not going to be as dynamic, but I feel like the efficiency is going to be there. I feel like they'll still be able to put up points. I just, I don't, in my opinion, offensively, I think they can, they'll probably be, like, around middle of the pack, maybe a little bit higher. But defensively, is where it's at. Yeah. I think they'll still be a top uh, team. They'll defense. still be a good defensive team. I mean, they still have a lot of bodies, and they added some good defensive Speaking players. of which, apparently Pascal uh, might play the three more often this season. Nick Nurse is apparently saying he might put Pascal at the three. I could see which that. Which is interesting. I can see that. I think because Nick Nurse probably would want to go with a uh, bigger line. Like if, he, if you want to put a big line He may in. go with, like, Lowry, Norman Powell, Siakam, like, OG, and then Ronde, Ibaka. He, or even Ronde. Ronde can play oh, the four, too. Yeah, he he's, can. he's a strong dude, too. Honestly speaking, you can play Ronde at the five, to be perfectly honest. To play OG at the four. Like, you can go with a super, like, small but athletic lineup even, like that. Even a guy like Stanley Johnson is pretty strong, too. He's, yeah. he's a pretty big dude, I'd say, like, Stanley and OG would probably be interchanging at, at power forward. Uh, but... Uh, you know, like the Raptors have a lot of things. That, like they have a lot of questions, but obviously, this game against the Pelicans not only will be a fun matchup, but it'll be a good way to test their their skills because the without usually you'll put a guy like Kawhi on Zion, but yeah, now you gotta you gotta work with what you got. You and know? even um on the flip side too, uh, for the Pelicans, it's gonna be Zion's debut. It's gonna be um um uh Jackson Hayes' debut. Jackson Hayes. Uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yeah, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Uh, also, their their additions in Lonzo. Uh, oh yeah, Josh Hart, Josh Hart, JJ uh, Reddick. JJ Reddick. So, yeah, I mean, so they have a Derek Favors. They have a they have a nice team too. So it's gonna be their 
uh, first game all together. They have a pretty new team as well. Yeah. So we'll see this how is, they yeah. look. As this well. is just an overall like one of those fun matchups that you want to excite the league. With now, obviously, there's not a lot of star power in this matchup, but but as a as ba- and also you'll see the coaching mastery. Like I feel like you have two coaches who really play the you know coach the game like a chess match. So seeing exactly. how, seeing how Gentry and Nurse kind of go back and, and forth. it's a good way for the NBA to have the next superstar apparently in Zion Williamson against the reigning championship uh, reigning champions. Yeah, so it have would, have him start out his career with big. It would suck that it, it would suck if the Raptors lose that game, but you know what? Um, we're the champs, so uh, we're gonna ignore that. <laughs> we're the champions until somebody knocks us out. So okay, let's not let's not quote Tristan Thompson here because we saw where that ha- had him end up. Okay, well, we're not the Cavs either, so... Yeah, you're right. We're not pathetic. We don't we don't have Dan Gilbert as old. Oh, jeez. All right, moving on to the Christmas Day games. Now, these, are, I believe, are more official than the opening day games, and we have the entire uh, slate for the Christmas Day. Christmas Day. So now, for the first matchup is, obviously, the Lakers versus the Clippers. This is the second matchup of four between these teams. I think the most interesting part about their second matchup will be how much more cohesion you're going to see between these teams. Now, exactly. So they're going to have, uh, what is it, like two months together yeah. under their belt. They'll have two decent months of uh, playing time practice. Uh, you know, so you'll you'll definitely see much, like how these teams start to work together. You'll see definitely more creative schemes being put in place by the coaching exactly. staff. So I think, like overall, the ba- basketball-wise, you'll probably see a better matchup on Christmas Day than you will you would on the on opening night. Just because the teams on opening night will be just getting to know each other, but obviously, unless Kawhi load manages on, <laughs> you know, it's I just, wouldn't put it past him to be you, honest. I, I would, at, I would, I just like Kawhi can probably be like, oh, yeah, I want to be home with my family. But I wouldn't put load manage Christmas. Nah, but um, yeah. So uh, to be honest, like we already talked about LA, uh, the Clippers versus Lakers, but uh, the defining factor for this game is just gonna be. Uh, how much more like uh, chemistry each team yeah. has together under the belt? You know. Yeah. Uh, moving on to this, to the, to the second one, uh, we're gonna be seeing again the defending champ, the Toronto Raptors, taking on the Boston Celtics. So we finally got a uh, Christmas Day game. Finally, wow. somehow, it, it finally, twenty four years, but we finally got. Nah, it. I think we had one in like uh, was it? Okay, oh, it doesn't count. Two thousand something. It we doesn't. had one. It, I think it was a lockout season, so it doesn't really count. Nah, but bro, how do we? How did? How have we never had like in this recent run of a Christmas Day game? In, the, in the past, like, was it seven years now? Six, seven, whatever it is. How how, how have we not had a Christmas Day? And they finally give us a Christmas Day game when Kawhi's gone. Yeah, I know. I mean, it kind of sucks, but then again, it's. I feel like they only did this, did this out of pity because it's like you have to have the defending champions play on Christmas Day. It's just been tradition. In the NBA, that the defending champions usually play. Now, typically speaking, the defending champions will there will be a finals rematch, typically, right on on Christmas Day. But Golden State's also injured too, yes. so it's like so, and yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. So the Raptors will be taking on the Celtics now. The, again, the Raptors and Celtics are technically rivals because obviously Boston fans hate Toronto fans and Toronto fans hate Boston fans. Yeah. Uh, and and pretty much we, our our teams have been. Clashing together clashing for, for the like, last six years or so. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, it's going to be an interesting matchup, especially because all the both these teams are constructed very similarly, in the sense that they got a lot of wing players. We somehow never got a matchup with Boston in the playoffs. Somehow. Yeah, I think, you're right. Yeah, we, yeah, we, 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 we never we, we never faced. We've Boston never actually somehow. placed them played them in a seven game series. Yeah. 
I think that would have been fun, to be honest. It would have been fun. If Marcus Smart and, like, Kelly Olenek and stuff, as long as they didn't injure all our guys. Nah, who knows? I mean, Kelly Olenek's in Miami, so I guess we're, I guess we're Yeah, fine. I know, but when he was in Boston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, this matchup is going to be interesting just on the fact that, again, we'll see the Raptors, how, they, how they're going to look without Kawhi. But on top of that, we're going to see how the new-look Celtics are going to look. With uh, uh, Kemba, Kemba, with yeah. Kemba Walker now leading leading the team, no uh, Horford anymore. They and again they lost some big pieces. They lost Horford. They lo- they they lost Kyrie. Like you know, is Tatum and Brown gonna take the leaps that, that that they're supposed to be taking? You know, it's gonna be interesting. Like this is and the, the, both teams are constructed very similarly. I mean, they got as well. Both teams are in that like trying to be a contender in the East, but yeah. not quite there yeah. category. So, I would like, say, they're right below the Milwaukee and Philly exactly. category. Exactly. They're literally, like, right underneath fighting for that third seed. And uh, I think uh, this will be a very competitive matchup. And exactly. I think, uh, because it's also a division division matchup, it's going to count a lot towards seeding. So, I mean, whoever wins this game could theoretically use this for uh, for uh, for seeding when it, if it comes I down to I don't think it. seeding matters on division anymore. They took that out. All right, they took that out of your no, but like then again, like it's also like you because you you win a tiebreaker situation. Oh yeah, obviously when you when you beat them, yeah, yeah, because division matchups you get four matchups. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Speaking of the Bucks versus uh, Sixers, that's another matchup this Christmas Day. Yep. So uh, we have arguably the two best Eastern Conference teams, possibly a Eastern Conference Finals matchup going at it on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, Honestly speaking, I don't think this is gonna be. An offensive show as much as it's going to be a defensive show. Defensively, both teams are good. Both teams are really good on defense, and I think uh, it's going to be very, very, really telling to see which team has the edge. Uh, now, obviously, like I've done a bit of digging on looking at each teams and kind of like breaking each team down. Um, but honestly speaking, like at this moment, I, I give the Bucks the slight edge as far as being the better team because I just have a lot of questions about the Sixers. But who knows? Like this is this matchup. Well, the one the one thing we've never questioned the talent of the Sixers. The one thing that's um, the co- dogged them the, was the cohesion. It's cohesion as well as just their overall like inexperience of like uh, obviously being headlined by two young guys in Joel Embiid and um, and uh, Ben Simmons. I mean, but I don't now, think that's that's gonna be an issue think, anymore. Just I think like, yeah. Now it's, Joel it's like gonna got be a five year vet. Yeah. Now it's gonna be interesting to see if these guys can finally make that leap. Uh, based on their experience, as well now they have a guy like Al Horford too. So yeah. it really and Josh Richardson, like they got some floor spacing. They got, but their defense is going to be incredible. I think the Sixers right now are probably my my favorite for defensive for the best defensive team in the league right now. Arguably, like it could it's be. it's either them or maybe like what the Utah Jazz. Maybe, but oh no, or the or the obviously the Clippers. But uh, yeah, I mean this that's also going to be a very interesting matchup just to see who is the best team in the East. Uh, along with that, flipping it over to the Western Conference, there's also going to be the Denver Nuggets versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Not much to say here. It's basically two young up-and-coming teams. It's going to be an exciting matchup uh, with the two young teams just to see how they how they fare. So uh, that's going to be very exciting. And finally, it's going to be Houston versus Golden State. This one is interesting because it continues on the rivalry, the rivalry between Houston and Golden State over the last few seasons. Um, you know... And uh, we now see, is, was KD truly the X-Factor for Golden State beating Houston well, these last Well, I mean, couple for, years? for this matchup, Clay is not going to be there, so... Uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be, like, a true test of strength, but I feel like it's going to... Like, especially their playing style, I feel like it's going to really be telling to see... Well, Golden State's still a championship-caliber team. 
and you plug in D'Angelo Russell into the Steve Kerr system, I, they'll still be really good in my opinion. No, they'll be good. My only concern is with Houston, because remember, like, if uh, Houston was playing uh, the Steph, Clay, and Draymond big three with CP3 and Harden, I think, to be honest, especially not last season, but the year before that, they probably would have beat him if they didn't have KD. If the Warriors I didn't think, have KD? Yeah. I think I, they I probably would have beat him. I agree with that, so, but... I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see, is that... I agree with that, but the fact is also, they had a lot of opportunities to beat them. They folded a bunch of times. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Even with CP3. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how, how with the replacement of CP3 with Russell Westbrook, now how it's going to That's going to be interesting. And especially, like, that's another thing where it's going to be like, how are these guys going to be, going to be, uh, especially against a good team, like, a good Rose team State, midway through the season. James Harden and Russell Westbrook both have rivalries with already, and yeah. then putting them now on the same team. Yeah, it's it's legitimately going to be a good match match. I mean, I feel like Houston especially is going to be looking to come on, on top on this one. Exactly, and and it goes big way. It'll go big way for because Golden State is just coming off like was it uh four finals in a row now. Um, yeah, four finals in a row. Uh, Golden State doesn't have. Are you sure it's not five? 2015, 2016, 2017, 5. Yeah, 5, 5, 5, five yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Golden State's just coming off of five finals in a row. They have Clay injured. This game doesn't mean as much for them. Yeah. Uh, This this game will mean um, a lot more for Houston Rockets. Exactly. Just because of the fact that all the, all the losses they've been, all the L's they've been handed by the Golden State Warriors. There's been a years. lot of L's to be perfectly honest. With James Harden and Russell Westbrook both. Yeah. So I, I mean think... it's it's gonna be an interesting matchup to be uh, to be certain. And I think it's also gonna be good for Golden State. It's gonna be a good uh, litmus test to determine like can they play without Clay? Like how an against a good team, are they able to sustain a high level of com- play without Clay Thompson? So also it'll be interesting if uh Mike D'Antoni does the exact same game plan he always uses against Golden State. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if like if because of all the contract stuff going on with him too, and all the outside pressure for him to change his schemes and stuff, it'll be interesting to see if he actually tweaks anything or changes anything, or if he just keeps it the same. Yeah. So uh, let us know what you guys think. Which uh, which uh, Christmas Day matchup are you excited for the most? Uh, if I had to pick one that I'm su- ultimately excited for, I think right now my favorite matchup is going to be uh, the Raptors and Celtics. But uh, you know. I think mine's LA versus uh, the LA matchup. To be honest, yeah, the LA matchup's cool too. I mean, obviously. or all the matchups. To be honest, are yeah, all... all the matchups are really good this time around. Like you don't have the freaking the, the Knicks and stuff anymore. Yeah, thank God, man. The like waste matchups. NBA was, put, was playing the freaking Knicks every time. Bro. It was basically off of tradition that there's always a Christmas Day game at Madison Square Garden, which is completely. Fam, they stupid. had the Knicks when Quincy AC was like starting or something. Yeah, that that was bad. At least this season we're finally getting some competitive uh, Christmas Day matchups, and uh, it's gonna be exciting to watch. So let us know uh, which one you're the, you're excited for the most. Unless everyone just load manages. Yeah, I don't think Adam Silver's gonna let that happen, though. I don't think Adam Silver's gonna let that happen. There's too much TV revenue he's gonna lose <laughs> for that. All right, anyways. Fat mo- fine incoming if they do that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Huge fines, yo. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Uh. But- so recently, Carmelo Anthony ha- did a was appeared on first take, tried to clear up some uh, 
of uh, some speculation that uh, he wants a farewell tour. That is apparently his trainer was talking about how he wanted a farewell tour. Yeah, so pretty much this next segment was kind of inspired by the whole Mellow thing. Yeah. About how he, he literally called Stephen A. Smith and was like, I want a one-on-one interview on air to clear up my name. Yeah. And, like, clear up everything. It was essentially, me. like, Mellow basically talking for the first time since he got waved out, like, basically got kicked out of Houston. And, like, that whole situation on how he was perceived after that and how he never got any more contract offers and, and kind of how he wants to make a comeback in the league. Yeah. So it kind of brings up this next segment that we're basically going to go over a few players that we feel that are remembered for the wrong reasons. Like, we're talking about players who are talented and are players that should but have had a success. They were, they were good players, like, but... They should have had success, but they, they remembered... Arguably more success. Yeah, they could have had more success in their career. Obviously, number one is Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he when he came into the league, he was known as one of the most prolific scorers in league history. I mean, he in his prime, he was like arguably the most unstoppable. Even Kobe said when Melo was in his prime, he was arguably like during that period of uh, for Kobe the hardest guy to stop. He even like right before like KD came into mm-hmm. the league, he he even said that like Melo was. Yeah, I mean, Melo was a good player. Like, he was, like, when 2010, I think, he was, like, the most sought-after free agent. Like, you know, the Bulls and stuff were putting up, like, billboards and shit for him. Well, 2010, uh, I think it was, well, 2010. It was either 2010 and 2011, but uh, it was some time ago when Melo was a free agent. Then he ended up resigning a big contract with the Knicks. I don't, okay, no, I don't think it was when he was free agent. I think it was when he had, like, one year left. That's when it was. Because um, he signed that extension in 2007, I think. He signed, like, a four-year. No, I think he was on a one-year deal with the uh, with the Nuggets, and then he got asked for that trade. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he had, like, one year left, I'm pretty sure. That's what it was. No, but that's the thing. He got traded to the Knicks, and he was going to re- re-up with the Knicks. He, the, the deal was to re-up with the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. That made, I think that was 2011. Because 2010... Because he was traded at the trade deadline, 2010 right? was... He wasn't a free agent, I think, because it was... Uh, uh, Chris Bosh, D Wade, and LeBron, who were free agents, and they all joined together in Miami. Which even Melo admitted the original plan was for it to be Melo, D Wade, and uh, LeBron. So yeah, I mean, honestly speaking, I think ever like so Melo was basically considered one of the, one of the best players in the league at, at at the time in his prime of his career, and then all of a sudden, I think after he went to the Knicks and after like you know a lot of unsuccessful years. People started blaming Melo as if Mel- oh Melo's no longer good enough. Oh Melo doesn't doesn't try hard in practice. Oh Melo doesn't want to adapt his. Well, game. here's the thing, Melo can say that he's never like, um, like there's all these hating and stuff. But a lot of it is, to be honest, true. Melo a lot of the time in New York was out of shape. You could tell. Like you see LeBron even right now, you see LeBron how fit he is. Melo was never like that. Anybody can... You can just look at him playing and and you can see that. Melo was never fit. But also, Melo's not, not like like the athletic type like LeBron. I think Melo... Well, was, he he was pre-athletic when I he think came he was, into the league. I think he was always known as like a more of a finesse type of player rather than an, an athlete. Okay, but you don't... I'm not saying he has to be an athlete player. I'm just saying play... Like, keep in shape. Like, yeah. he, he never... Did, if you remember, during New York, towards the end, he got hit with a bunch of injuries. If he's in shape, probably those injuries won't happen. In addition to, I think one thing that hurt him, um, like, you could 
his play style. Like even though you can say he was one of the best scorers, his play style. Uh, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't a great passer. Or, or like you, he, you can say he was. He could pass, but he wasn't great. Um, like, he wasn't looking to pass. Like he, he wasn't was, looking he was, to pass. He's a scorer. Exactly. He's a scorer. He's a um, and in addition to, uh, he was never a good defender. He had those years in Denver where, like, you you can count, uh, look to the, what is it, the, I think it was 2008, the legendary, like, Nuggets versus Lakers match where, like, Melo was guarding Kobe the whole time. And, like, you could point to that as being, like, the only time you actually saw him playing defense in his well, career. It's also, you could also argue that it's probably because, like, he was guarding a player very similar to himself. You know, usually players who like you with similar players playing style, they'll know how to guard each other. Yeah, but that's you'll know what you're doing. In my opinion, that's not really an excuse because I mean, I'm not thinking LeBron. Excuse, LeBron like, made the All Defense First Team a bunch of times. He almost became Defensive Player of the Year a bunch of times. Yep. And Wade will always hold that against him. Do you okay? But in my opinion, he should have won at least one. He was arguably the best. Well, he was the two best two way player. Yeah. Um, D Wade. Is all-time leader in blocks for guard. Um, Kobe, you want to look at like similar play styles. Kobe was one of the best defenders in his generation. So you can't really tell me about the whole argument about oh, uh, Melo had such a huge burden on offense about scoring the ball. When LeBron had that burden, D-Wade had that burden, Kobe had that burden. They're all uh, like the best defenders in their time. Yeah, so you I can't, mean... You can't tell me... About that. I mean, fact is fact. Like, uh, like uh, Melo is not a perfect player, but I think what Melo, a lot of people were, were talking about Melo was that his inability to adapt, and I think his inability to accept where he is in his career, uh, and that yes, he is a best player, and he admitted that yeah, it was hard to be told that you're no longer good enough to be a starter, you're no longer good enough to be playing twenty plus minutes, like uh, thirty plus minutes a game, you know what I'm saying? But like, the fact that it took you this long to figure that out. Is is kind of Melo's fault too. Like also, like again, I don't blame Melo for the way he obviously reacted because it, it's tough as as a you know as a, as a man you got you got you have an ego and stuff. But you know what I'm saying. But like yeah, you, but my problem is that Melo was kind of making it seem like um like he just accepted it and everything, and he was he became like that accepting type of player where. In reality, you he could wasn't. see you you could see he did. You couldn't even point to the fact when look at Lin Sanity. A lot of people blame a lot of people blame Melo for kind of killing Jeremy Lin. Which, in all honesty, go check out. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen his channel. If you guys know the channel B Ball Breakdown, uh, it's it's a channel run by a coach. You he made a video on Jeremy Lin, and part of that was about his time in New York. A lot of it, I I remember it too because I was watching while the whole insanity thing was going on. The reason why Jeremy Lin was so good, and this was mostly a lot, of, uh, mostly because of D'Antoni's system. But Jeremy Lin was leading New York to wins. They were garbage. They were playing garbage uh, before Jeremy Lin had the whole period. Jeremy Lin gets in. He's leading the team with D'Antoni's system. Then Melo comes back and he demands the ball. And then their whole vibe just gets killed, and then they finish off the season badly again. So, and then even even you can say, oh, like he was talking about his OKC days where he didn't have a problem and stuff with any of the teammates. I don't think I I would 
I don't. I've never seen Melo to be that type of guy where he had problems with teammates. No, I don't. I, just, I think teammates like Melo. I think yeah, the problem I, was really his relationship came with down coaching to, staff. No, I don't even think. I just think he didn't have a problem personally. I think it just came down to strictly basketball where there was problems. Yeah, it's just like Melo is was not the type of player that, uh, like, he basically was doing false advertising in the sense, like, for the last couple of years, where he's saying that, oh, look, I'm willing to change, I'm willing to change, even though he showed no semblance of change. Especially in OKC. Yeah, like OKC, he, he, he yeah, was talking he was about he was talking OKC. about how he didn't have any problems in OKC with any of the people, which I believe he didn't have any personal problems with the people. No. But you saw the on and off numbers with Melo on the court, yeah. and you saw how they suffered. Yeah, Melo got the ball every single time, and then he would keep the ball in his hands, jab step, pull up, yeah. mid range, brick. I would still like. I'm still gonna say that I think at this point now, not to mention he can't. He, he's not that great of a three point shooter even right now. I think right now, if I have to say, like, look at what Melo's interview was. I think right now. He is being unfairly judged. I feel like player, like teams and stuff, aren't giving him. I think that's just because of the baggage. That I, he exactly. Brings. I I think just teams not giving him an opportunity, at least like on a minimum deal. Like I think a team should like any like a team should take a flyer on him. Yeah, but the thing is, because, like, would Melo accept a minimum? I think he would at this would point he? in his career. At this point, like, would he would he rather take not playing or accept a minimum and play? I think right now, and he clearly wants to play. He doesn't want to retire anytime soon, at least. Well, if he's willing to, I think, yeah, that's definitely unfair. Cause he definitely deserves a spot. Yeah, I think. But it's with all the extra stuff. Exactly. I think he needs to be put in. A, like, I think, first of all, he needs to really take a step back and really work work on his game and work on his ability to be able to integrate himself in the modern game. But at the same time, I think now he seems more accepting of the, of the reality that, uh, hey, I'm I'm getting kicked out of the league. And Steven Jackson was saying that like, you know, was was uh put up a video about like, you know, how uh uh how Melo's being blackballed. And yes, in a way he is being blackballed, but at the same time, Melo isn't helping his case by not improving his game and not uh like Steven Jackson like you were bringing up defense. Steven Jackson's basically brought like countered in the but who in the NBA really does play defense? There's not a lot of Pat Beverly's, there's not a lot of, you know, Kawhi's and stuff. Yeah, play but defense. you can say People don't play defense, but there's a difference between it's like, putting being a decent defender yeah. and then being uh, where Melo isn't putting in the effort for defense yeah. and where he's not even kind of capable anymore of playing that kind yeah. of defense anymore. So if you put in a non-effort and incapability together, you're not going to have a good defender at all. That's like below average. Even. Yeah. And even, even I think the one thing that he can probably do to at least improve is just work on his catch and shoot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, so, like, just something at this like point, that. At this point, because he needs to work on his three-pointer, because he hasn't been that great at threes. Oh, he was breaking everything in Houston. Exactly. So, I think, because he's not going to do anything else anymore. He's not going to be the yeah. ISO player that he is. I Unless will, he forces it, then he's going to yeah. be kicked right back out of the league. I will admit, the way that Daryl Morey and... The Houston Rockets kind of handled that situation with Melo. Okay, obviously, yeah. That I I, I felt really. I don't bad I don't agree that. with how. Yeah, because like come on, like you you gave this dude literally ten games. Like exactly, you couldn't have at least like waited to like the trade deadline or something like that to maybe try to maybe then to to let him go or at like, least at least like talk. I I don't like when teams don't just like at least talk to the player properly. You know, like you at least owe them. They're giving their bodies for the team. At least, like, you owe them uh, yeah. some sort of, like, 
respect to where you can have a man-to-man conversation, you know, not just be like, oh, you know, you're done. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess now the next question, the, 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 basically the next que- the question with Melo is, will we see him in the NBA again? I think I think we will. I, I, I definitely hope so. I don't think, I, I feel like his, it would be kind of unfortunate if his career ends like this. I think I, after, I want to see him on the contender. I want to see him. Like, I think after the trade deadline. If I feel like he, if he's smart, he can join join up with like the Clippers or someone if they're willing to take a chance on him on a, on a minimum deal. We saw rumors with the Lakers. I think that was just because of LeBron. But uh, if LeBron wanted to happen, I feel like it's gonna happen. You know. Um. But yeah, I think I think we could see him after the trade deadline on a contending yeah, team. I think definitely. I mean, yeah. So Carmelo Anthony was is one of the the players. The next player we're gonna be talking about, Gilbert Arenas. Talk about it. Bang again. bang. <laughs> Talk about a guy who arguably is, a again, a very talented scorer. He's probably, one, besides Kobe, one of the best scorers in the league at that time. Like I, You could literally say he was arguably yeah. and he was, like uh, the second best. He was also one of those scorer. guys who loved playing. He played defense, too. He played hard. He played hard, but, like, offensively, this guy, you, you see the shots that Steph Curry's hitting right now. That's what he, that's what, that was what he was doing yeah, back Gilbert then. Gilbert Arenas was just crazy. This dude was the definition of floor general. He 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 was a good good passer. He was able, great great vision, great great shooting ability ability to finish. Just offensively, all I he remember is anywhere. offensively he was insane. Score from anywhere. He, he, he could he could drop forty on you no problem. Exactly, like no practice, nothing. Just he'll come in and dro- drop buckets. But unfortunately, there was an incident, of course, where it's most famously famously known now, where he brought a gun. To the to a locker to the locker room against uh, he he threatened uh, Javaris Crittenden. Yeah, he threatened. Speaking of which, both parties were to blame because obviously Javaris Crittenden's in prison now. Yeah, I mean like he caught Gilbert uh, I, came out and spoke about this on I believe. I uh, think I think he's in prison for homicide. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean who cares about the other guy? But like Gilbert Arenas came out on uh, I think Christine Leahy's new show, uh, Fair Game, and uh, basically talked about that whole issue where it's like. He's like uh, that. That incident, that whole mistake, kind of messed everything up for him because that's when teams started to not trust him a bit more. Then also injuries. He, his career was basically derailed by injuries. So not only they thought he was a bad locker room guy, he they, pretty much just ruined his whole reputation. Essentially, yes. And then and then obviously he's gotten into a couple of spats with some coaching and stuff. Exactly. And and even Javale like Javale McGee was talking about that incident too, and he was like, like everyone's like, when the or I think. I don't know if it's Javale or Nick Young or maybe it was both Nick of Young. them. They're talking it was about Nick Young. yeah. So they're talking about how like they they brought in guns to the locker room. Everyone's like, "What the hell is going on?" Like you know, and that's why I love I love these issues happen happen with like gambling. Like yo, man's got chill like yeah. on these gambling stuff, bro. Like, like it like honestly speaking, like the entire. Entire thing kind of ruined his reputation, and also like, and Gilbert Arenas in, in that interview with Christine, like he was talking about how like he was he's not a, he was never a bad locker room guy. He was always a good teammate. He was always uh, bringing uh, you know helping out the young guys and you know and, and training up, bringing people up, you know, uh, being good with his teammates and stuff. But obviously that one incident kind of messed things up, and now people don't look at him as Gilbert Arenas, this great player. They look at him like, hey, the guy that we nobody can really trust, the guy that brought guns into the locker room. Yeah, um, and and. To be honest, like he he was still protected by the fact that he was a good player, but then right after that his injury started too. Exactly, and his, then he his... he got injured a bunch of times, and then he was never the same. He went to Magic, and Magic, uh, I think it was, 
I, I don't know if it was Washington or Orlando who gave him the huge contract, but he ended up Orlando had It was pay, Washington who gave him the contract and, and then he, he was traded, traded to Orlando. So and then I think that's what they made the I think what was it, the amnesty clause or something because of him? I they they made some clause because of him where like I think uh the player could be released and then like it, it wouldn't be a uh their, his money wouldn't count towards cap or whatever something yeah something. it was some it was some like bullshit rule but again like gilbert made Reed especially is, for him because he was making like 30 mil yeah he, he was making even, a big contract like, he wasn't even like pretty much in the league yeah and that. people essentially were like talking about gilbert Arenas as if like he didn't care you know he got he got paid and he just like didn't really care anymore which i think was invalid but no it's invalid by that time he, he literally couldn't even play anymore. like he you know? gilbert Arenas is the type of player who has a lot of pride and Obviously, like you saw him, he would go. He went toe to toe with Kobe Bryant and you know LeBron, like, everyone. LeBron, and, like he went toe to toe with everybody, and like you know, and saying this is a guy who prided himself on playing on playing well. You know what I'm saying? But obviously, well, obviously yeah, his injuries just pretty much just killed his injuries, and, and then again that one moment. That's what like most most players now say. Like, look, you, you gotta be on your best behavior. One mistake, you can ruin you can ruin your entire co- career. And, exactly. Uh, that's what happened to Gilbert Arenas. Uh, moving on to a next play, a, a next player who is remembered for the wrong reasons, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, when he first came into the league, was a breakout star. He okay, looked, we're not even gonna talk about the whole other issue. Like you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no. Which he denied in his okay, interview. Okay, we're, we're, we're not thing. we're not we're not bringing that up. Yeah. Okay, so, so essentially, Dwight Howard brought in, came into the league, a superstar. This guy uh, making all star dunk dunk contest. He, Superman. He, 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 Superman. he was Superman. He led his team to the NBA Finals. Um, he beat, he Le- beat LeBron he, he and beat the Cavs. LeBron. It was supposed to be LeBron and Kobe in that matchup, and, and then Dwight Howard beat them. Yeah, and then obviously the infamous Dwight Howard was uh, went to the Lakers. After I, after yeah. that unsuccessful season, apparently there was a lot of rumors with Dwight was clashing with Kobe stuff. Then he went on to Houston. Dwight went to Houston. Then apparently there was issue. He had issues with he, with James Harden. That didn't end well. Then he again. Then he got moved to where did he get moved to? I think he got moved to Charlotte. Atlanta. No, I think it was Atlanta, it was Atlanta first, and then Charlotte, and then Washington. Yeah, it was Atlanta, and Atlanta. You know, Atlanta Dwight, was just a, they were just rebuilding. Oh, and not to mention like, on top of that, like Dwight was also suffering from a few injuries. He had a few back problems in Houston. Then he had a couple of like. I think problems. his whole career is just being like, bro. The man gets slandered like crazy, yo. Like people, and all the people that talk smack about him, I don't. I don't think they were. They were probably weren't around for when he was actually like, dude. This, dude, man, won three straight Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, awards. he's literally. He's he's literally. He was. He one led of the, the league in rebounding and blocks. How many times? He's literally like, you 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 take Andre Drummond right now, but you add like a much better defender. You. That that's Dwight Howard. Well, Andre Drummond is a trash defender, but you put like I'm saying, like, like the essentially the, the mold of the player is very similar. Like you can argue Dwight Howard was arguably the last great like actual center. Yeah, like you you could argue that. Like, bro, people don't remember how good this guy actually was. Like, this guy was insanely crazy. And then I think a lot of it happened because of like Kobe fans. Yeah, a lot of the like slander happened because of the whole Ellie season. People forget. Dwight Howard wasn't even supposed to play that season. Yeah, he was injured. He was he, his back was like completely done, man. He wasn't supposed to play. He wasn't supposed the to play. The only reason why he, and plus also like not to mention like Steve Nash was at basically done. Steve Nash was done by that point. But the whole Dwight Howard thing Dwight Howard wasn't even supposed to play that season. His back was completely done. The only reason why he played was because his competitiveness. And people 
people talk about how oh he had he didn't want to win and stuff. Man literally killed his career just for that one shot at championship. Yeah, and unfortunately and, they came short. But also it's like every like because of like you know disgruntled star stars and like how Dwight wasn't able to like you you heard the rumors where like when he left Atlanta the whole locker room like you know was so yeah. happy that he was leaving, and it was like. You know, like, but I don't, I don't even know if that because even weird Dwayne, dude, Dennis yeah. Schroeder and stuff all said that there was, there was no truth to those. Obviously, they say stuff to reporters. Yeah. Obviously, they might not mean it, but I don't, I don't, I don't know about the validity of those reports. Yeah. And- but the whole the, the the main thing that pretty much killed him was that you're in L.A. where apparently Clay and but the thing was the whole thing with Kobe I think was overblown too, uh, because if if you remember during that time during the whole season. Kobe never said anything bad about Dwight either during that whole season. They they were always on good terms, and then they even if there's that um famous photo where there was like reports of Dwight and Kobe clashing, which obviously in basketball everyone's gonna clash. Yeah, That's especially with an intense player like Kobe. But Ryan. then there was that famous photo where Kobe and Dwight made a joke because like there were reports about them fighting, and they made that photo. I don't I don't know if you remember, uh, you know what t- photo I'm talking about. There's that photo of uh Dwight and Kobe in the um in like the locker room or not the locker room uh, like the treatment room where they're like throwing up fists against each other oh i think i remember what yeah about. so there's that photo where they like spoof the whole like media about how every, the media was saying oh they're like on bad terms and stuff and they just made that photo as a joke pretty much so like the whole the whole thing was like i think blown out of proportion it was really blown out of proportion and on, honestly speaking even in today's today's game if dwight was healthy easily a 15 and 10 guy like easily, uh, no, easily, definitely, like 15, definitely. 15 and ten guy. Like that is still valuable for, for for any team, and and not to mention he's such like maybe he lost a lot of the mobility that uh, that he wants, to, and plus he's also gotten a lot better on offense. Like he has now a turnaround jumper. He has a post. He's developed some. Post I moves. think the only thing we can say was that he should have developed more of an offensive game Earlier. a lot sooner. Yeah, a lot sooner. And like basically, like in Orlando, he should have been developing this as up. as Shaq said. Like at least have like. A jump hook, something like a consistent. Yeah, like Dwight was game. just a dunker. Like yeah. he was literally just a dunker. Well, it, I mean, he did post up himself, but it wasn't. It wasn't consistent. You wouldn't. Ex- you wouldn't expect him to like do like a, a dream shake or something yeah, like that. Exactly. You know what I'm like, yeah, it wasn't consistent threat. That was his main issue. And the thing was, the thing was, after like that wasn't. He didn't work on it enough. And then that's the main thing that killed him in Houston, where they had like a couple good years together. Yeah. But then Dwight wanted to post up even more, and then they had that whole issue with James Harden wanting wanting him to pick and roll. But then he wanted to post up and stuff, which I think obviously I'm not saying that Dwight Howard was a like perfect like locker room guy either. Obviously, he had his attitude issues too. Um, yeah. Nobody's gonna deny that. But at the same time, the man got like slandered too like man got killed yeah especially last year with the wizard where again he had an injury riddled season like he had something with his butt that he had he had some, he had some <laughs> shit with his butt that he had, he had to get fixed up and uh bro social media killed him for that. oh, oh yeah God. social media killed him for that shit oh, but uh man. that yeah. was like just bad timing that, that was terrible timing for, for, for Dwight Howard but was... yeah I mean now he went from being like a superstar type of player the next big thing to now to being a locker room being killer past past like, by every team. Can anyone even name what team Dwight Howard's on right now? Well, Washington. But... Me- Memphis. He's in Memphis. Oh, he got traded, he got right? Traded in yeah, Memphis. I forgot. And yeah, that... exactly. Even I, I, I completely forgot about I, that. I just, I just looked it up. Exactly. That's I com- how I figured I completely it out. forgot about that. That's too. how I figured it out. Yeah, so he's just getting passed 
around team. Exactly, team. he's in past one. But I think, I think if Dwight's healthy, I think he definitely should deserve a comeback in the league. And I think, uh, but that's the thing now too. Injuries, that back yeah. injury just killed his career. Yeah, he was never the same after that back injury. I think as a backup center, I think he can he he was he can still do some things in the backup center. But obviously, he needs the right role. He needs the right fit. And I think I he think needs last a coach year, who believes in him. I honestly, think last speaking. year. Uh, going on a team like Golden State last year, I think will be a yeah. big thing for him. Take it in, like after Stan Van Gundy, there really hasn't been a coach who truly has believed in Dwight Howard. Well, I mean, you and Stan Van Gundy kind of hated him at the end. Well, I mean, at the end, that's because like Dwight was kind of kind of a dick, but you know, and Dwight admitted it. Like, yeah, I was kind of kind of a dick to Stan, but yeah, ever since then, he hasn't had a coach who believed in him. And I think if he gets a coach who believes in him, you know, that that could really help turn around his career. Because he's not even that old. How old is Dwight Howard? Because I don't even think Dwight is that old. That old. Um, he's thirty three. He's yeah, not. Exactly. He's so not old. He's not that old, but it's just injuries just killed him too. Yeah, Another guy that was killed by injuries. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But anyways, moving on to our next player. Uh, we have Andrew Wiggins on this list, and this hurts as as a Canadian guy too. Bro, if you've heard any previous episode of the podcast where we've talked about Andrew Wiggins, you already know my thoughts. You're the number one pick in the in the 2014 draft. Okay, you were traded. LeBron traded you to to Minnesota. Perfect. Remember yep. those. Uh, remember people were saying, "Oh, imagine if they had Andrew Wiggins and stuff." Kevin Love. Ugh. Those conversations just those, died. Those, those, those are done. Those are done. But pretty much this way, Wiggins had all the promise in the world. He they, he was basically touted as the next best two way player. Bro, Maple Jordan. Ma- from. Maple, Maple Jordan. Jordan. Maple. Man's called him Maple Jordan. Like he 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 was literally. Tired to be the next the next superstar in the league and uh Bro, he had all the tools. He had he has all the tools. That's that's what cheeses so many people, man. Like he has all the tools. Like But think about he this. He has one. the wingspan, he's athletic. His he rookie the- season, he won rookie of the year. Through after that there really he was hasn't, competition. he has had like, can you actually say he's improved his game after his rookie season? Not no, not at all. Can, in fact, you can argue he's gotten worse. His free throw was, last year was what, like sixty something percent. How are you shooting sixty something percent? In general, like again, like I don't even care. Like as a scorer, I guess yeah, Wiggins has improved his score. But look at this: you haven't improved your three point percentage. You're not a better shooter. No, you, he's not. You even... don't, and he doesn't even put effort in. That's that's the one thing about Andrew Wiggins that that baffles a lot of people is that he, you know, like yes, these scoring numbers have gone up. Actually. His highest season was the 2016-2017 season. No, it's not even that they run up. It's just he's getting the ball. He got the ball more. Yeah. His uh, his efficiency was the same or even dipped. So yeah. it's not even like he got better offensively. He just got the ball more. If you get more shots, obviously you're going to get more points. Take it in. In his career, how many how many uh, rebounds do you think Wiggins averages? Two. Four. Okay, whatever. Four rebounds, two assists. Oh, it's game. two assists. It was, it was assists. In, I know there was two something. His it career, was something too. He shoots a career 33% from, that, from three-point range. Below average. That's below average. He shoots under 50% from the field. That's horrible. That is that is not good for a wing player in the NBA. And not to mention, he's not even that great of a defender. You he's, have, he's a trash defender, You man. He has all the tools. He literally could be one of the best defenders. And the thing about Wiggins, a lot of, there's been a lot of reports about this. It's just that... Um, he he just doesn't put effort. Jimmy Butler called him out for not for not playing hard, and I think it's true. When you, you can watch, see it on the court, when you man. watch Wiggins, Wiggins play, and a lot of people say, "Oh, well, Wiggins has played majority of his games uh, throughout his career." I'm like, and you, uh, while we were writing these notes, 
Dishan brought up that yeah, that's because he barely tried. <laughs> exactly. The man you barely. If you, don't, if you don't try. You're not. If you don't put an effort during the games, you can play all 82 games. But yeah, it's not like, to mention they're not gonna make the playoffs. So exactly. It's like you, you think about it. What what's not what, even playing for Candle, bro. I know. Like like, and that's one thing that that baffles my mind too. It's like when you know you need improvement as a player. And by the way, he got that contract undeservingly. He did not deserve that that uh, max extension. I mean, I think I think that's just the new NBA, to be honest. Like I ben I, I definitely think that Wiggins did not deserve that max level extension. Well, nobody did. But, but either that's way, at NBA. least you can play up to it. At least you can get some reps in. And I think Wiggins playing in with with another coaching system with Canada basketball. With Nick Nurse, man, he's gonna be. He would play under Nick Nurse. Exactly, he'd be play under a new creative co- coach who may be able to unlock his hidden some hidden abilities within him. It, it's worth a shot. I mean, like, what else is Wiggins doing? What are you protecting yourself for? Exactly. You're a young player. You're literally what going into your sixth NBA season, and and it was it was it was trash because um you you saw Kobe in his rookie season talk about how good Andrew Wiggins could become. He said the same thing for Giannis. He said for both of them, if they work hard, they'll be great NBA players. One worked hard, one didn't. One is MVP now. One's people are calling him bust, and which I, I don't think he is. You can't call him a bust in my but opinion, that is but he's you, pretty you can, bad. You can kind of see where they're coming from as far as the bust. You're a number one pick. And look how good Carl Anthony Towns is. And I don't even think Towns is that great, too. I think Towns is well, well, also Town, regressed. Even, you, can, you can even talk about Towns and like think Towns is regre- I think Towns has regressed as well. I don't think he's regressed. I just think he hasn't gotten better. Yeah, that's that's again, like that's one of the things where it's, it's just like, as a player, your goal is to improve, and when you're literally stagnating, you know, something has to change. Well, I and, mean, and it's also role coach- players can stagnate because they're role players, but your star a, players can't stagnate. You're a star level player on this team, and you think, take it in how if in the event if Wiggins actually showed up, you would think the Timberwolves would have made a couple of playoff appearances by now, right? Like, it's, it's Bro, remember when we were calling the Timberwolves the next big. Team yeah, I was excited team. for the Timberwolves. Honestly speaking, I really was. I was really excited for the Minnesota Timberwolves when they had Wiggins, when they had Towns, and I'm like, okay, they they look good. Yeah, exactly. And, and then now it's just that's all gone. Now it's like, well, they're not going to make the playoffs again. They had Jimmy Butler, they made the playoffs, and after that, Jimmy's gone, and they suck. And they literally only made the playoffs because, because of, of Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. They, Jimmy Butler got injured, and they almost missed the playoffs. They got in as the eighth seed, I think. Just because Jimmy Butler played those like last few games, yeah. and he rushed back. Yeah, he he literally and rushed back again. Like nobody nobody blames Jimmy Butler for literally getting so pissed at the uh, at the Timberwolves because you can you 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 cannot that, have that, that much for, amount of talent and be that trash. That goes for everyone in the organization too. That's top that's to not that's top to bottom their fault too. Top to because bottom. as management as an organization, you're supposed to get the most of your players. Yeah, which and they you, clearly did. Even even with Carl Anthony Towns as well. Yeah, I, and I, I still think, like, if the, the Timberwolves can be in the conversation with, like, the Pelicans as, the, as, an, as a good young team, if their stars improve. And also, a lot of it has to do with roster construction. I don't like the way that the roster has been constructed over the yeah, years. Yeah, the roster's just trash. Right? Like, I don't understand the roster, to be perfectly honest with you. But at least now Thibodeau's gone. You have a proper GM. You have a good young... Uh, uh, I mean, a nice... I don't know much about him. But you have a nice young coach in Ryan Saunders, who I think... Can turn things around, but again, Maybe. it depends on your stars, and your stars have to show improvement. And Wiggins is one of those guys who came into the league with so much promise, but now is going to be remembered as a bust. 
you know, well, it, yeah. it's 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 gonna suck. Like honestly speaking, the best thing out of that draft class was Joel Embiid, and no, and he was injured his first season, his first no, two he's years. Been injured like for most of his. But career, look at know? this, but that's the thing. Joel put in the work while he was injured. And exactly. Now he's, he's one of the best players. He's when healthy, he's one of the best players in the league. So that that I mean, <laughs> Wiggins yeah. could be that, but he needs yeah. to improve. And uh, finally, our our last player on this list is Jared Smith. Yeah, J.R. Smith. Currently, he is a free agent right now, and he was bought out by the Cavs. He actually didn't play play at all last season. Yeah, because the Cavs were like, "Nah, we ain't playing you." I think they didn't play him because obviously, uh, if he, he played, he didn't. If he played his, his full amount of his contract would have been guaranteed. And as well, I don't think he wanted to play for that team either. No, he, he didn't want to play on a re. But they're are they even re- They're just trash, to be honest. Like the Cavs are just trash. Yeah, the Cavs are trash. But yeah, um, J.R. Smith was a talented scorer. Um, uh, in his prime, like especially on the Nuggets and like the Knicks, the Knicks he won was Sixth Man of the Year too. Um, yeah, obviously, like his biggest flaw was his defense. Except but even, in 2016, even, yeah, even twenty, uh, except for twenty sixteen, where people people forget that now in twenty sixteen he was he was playing against Steph Curry. He was, he was the one defending Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, like he actually, which I that that like even with the whole Andrew Wiggins thing. That just like that that like like that that just confuses me because it's like you they they know they're capable of doing it but they just don't do it yeah that's the thing Jerry Smith it's, was he was capable of doing it he showed it in 2016 yeah but and, he never and then he got rewarded for it yeah. he got rewarded with a championship and a fat contract and a good contract because he played well and he, I think at that point in time Jr. really turned his reputation around that oh maybe you can win with Jr. Smith. And then even LeBron and all those guys said he's he's a good two way player for our team, and he was. Mm-hmm. He was literally getting like his ten points a game and guarding Steph Curry at the same time. Yeah. So like hitting threes, he, he was a good player, but obviously again a lot of his issues were IQ related and attitude. You know, if Jr. instead of uh, like Jr. has lapses, you know, he has those Nick Young and. JaVale McGee lapses where he just acts like an idiot. Game one of the finals. Game one of the finals. You forget the score. You're in the NBA freaking finals. Exactly. You cannot forget the score. I, you literally just wasted... That was the only time a 50-point game in the finals that could have That literally could have changed the course of, of, of the NBA Actually, no, right I now. think they still have lost back. Who knows? Honestly no, speaking... I, I'm going to destroy them. He really did embarrass like, LeBron won, James. They at least one. But he did really embarrass LeBron James. Because LeBron James dropped 50 in that game. Yeah, 51, I think. But that was only fifty point game in the finals that resulted in L. Exactly, that was pretty much because of Smith. But like, yeah. So and people don't remember like that, not that many people anymore remember Jared Smith as prime. This guy was literally a monster. You could argue he was literally a top ten like shooting guard in the league. No, he's he's he was really you, good. You could literally argue that. The only problem was, as we said, IQ issues, attitude issues, and then defense, and also the fact that. Um, he had, I think, I think Stephen A. Smith brought this up. I remember there was one, uh, episode, uh, where he ranted on this, where he never got expanded his game. Like he's, he became good at what he did, but he never expanded outside yeah. the, uh, case in point, like never developing a left hand. Like yeah. he, he had some nice dribble moves, but you didn't see him do it on a regular basis. You didn't see him dribble the ball on a regular basis, even though he sometimes could pull it out. And then you didn't see him driving to the basket all the time. You just saw him shooting, settling for threes all the time, even though he was athletic as hell. Yeah, but he still is athletic, to be perfectly honest with you. 
And I think JR still deserves a shot at playing. But again, his perception is now at a point where people think of him as a clown. Uh, like after, especially after that finals incident, like, people think he's an idiot. And and the thing is, by this time in his sad. career, he was just he was relegated to shooting threes. And in his last few seasons as a Cav, he, he wasn't even doing that well anymore. Like yeah. he he wasn't shooting the three that great anymore either. So the question is now for Jared Smith: If you're not able to hit your threes anymore, then what are you good for in the NBA? Exactly. It's 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 straight up like you you have the capabilities. You're more than capable of of doing it, but it's all about putting the effort. So that was our list of the of uh, of our players that uh, are remembered for the wrong reasons. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, let us know on social media and stuff. But it's obviously it's a, it's a tragedy, you know, where you see like players with tons of talent, tons of potential being remembered for, for, for the wrong reasons. But now let's move on to the up and under segment. Um, I'll start off. Are you up and un- up or under on David Griffin? David Griffin's comments about not liking being the GM of a LeBron-like team. Well, I think I'm up uh, on the fact that like I think that's true. Not because and other players have said this too. Uh, not directly because of LeBron, like because he's been good. Like even other players have said that, but just all the outside pressure that comes with being on LeBron's team. That's what a lot of players didn't want that pressure on them because it's all, you know, like winner bust. And that as a GM, that's not even David Griffin said that as a GM is not uh what what do you say organic or whatever he said. Yeah, that's not that's not a great environment to be in. Although, although the fact remains that it's either you win a championship or you don't in the NBA in sports. But as a GM, you want to be able to build something. Which when LeBron came, that that was no more building. It was just either win or you're done. You know. So I think that that like David Griffin didn't like that part. I don't think it was necessarily to do with LeBron, but I just think the whole everything that came with LeBron. Yeah. I think that. I mean. I, I in particular, am up on the fact that I feel like he was definitely unhappy with the LeBron being a GM of a LeBron. That and uh, not he only retracted love. Not comments, really, too. but that's the thing. I feel like in human nature, you typically the first thing that you say is the first time you say something is what you truly feel. Okay, but I think, and then when think, you retract, okay, but I think also a lot a lot of those reporters reached too. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like they did reach. Like I don't feel like he has a problem with LeBron personally. I feel like. Again, when he said that him and LeBron have a good relationship, I believe And that. even, like, LeBron shout, shout has wife, his wife's business and all that, too. So, it's not like... Like, yeah, I think they're, LeBron... They're, 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 they have a good, good relationship. They have a good relationship. I think, again, like, just the fact... And this is a problem with LeBron that teams. It's the growth of the team is very... It's not organic, as David Griffin said. You know, the team... Like, look at all these... Like, look at Cleveland State now. Now that LeBron has left. There's no future. No draft picks. The terrible contracts. No direction. Like... Literally, the Cavs are in no man's land, and I think that's what David Griffin was alluding to—that he had to do that to keep LeBron happy, because that would have otherwise the team wouldn't have been able to compete. I think I think that's obviously GMs. Obviously, you don't want to work like that, but at the same time, too, um, I think the thing is when you have LeBron, you have to go for it too. Like you can't, you don't have any other choice. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, you need to also plan for the future. At the end of the day, like look at the Raptors, like the, what they're doing is organic growth. Look what David Griffin is doing with the Pelicans. That the is organic State. growth. Golden State, Golden State, organic growth. You, they are developing players, Milwaukee, in, the, Philly, developing players in the system. 
They are, you know, they they don't mind letting go of a couple of veteran players because they have young guys already ready. They have draft picks that they can trade in assets that they need to. I think I think that situation is just the good and bad that comes with it because at the same time you can say organic growth, you can say all that, but at the same time, um, that doesn't really. There's no point of all that growth if it doesn't culminate well, look, in a championship, I, I'm, I'm right? Not, I'm not going to single out LeBron. That it's LeBron's fault, but I think it's just the way the NBA now, where it's just about, it's all about the stars. It's not about like oh tr- draft picks and whatnot. I think that's where the NBA is gonna be now, but I though, feel like, especially I feel with like, all the free agency yeah. stuff. I feel, but I do feel like there is some, um, there is some reward in building your team the right way and doing things. Like, look at the Clippers, a perfect example. They, 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 they got cap space. They have a good young young team that they, they, they accumulated. They traded away their best player in Tobias Harris, still made the playoffs because of the organizational structure that they had in place. And now look, now they got rewarded. Kawhi and PG. So, exactly. So I mean, it's it's good and bad. Like Dave, what David Griffin said. Like again, I agree with it, but you know, it, it's the reality. Um. Yeah. Next up, um, are you up or under on uh, Draymond Green, uh, signing his four-year hundred mil contract? Uh, I mean, extension and CJ McCollum on his three-year hundred mil extension. Are I, you up or under on that for the teams, especially? I am. Up for the CJ McCollum one, I am under for the Draymond Green one. I think that Portland needed to resign CJ. I think him and Damian Lillard they they work well together, and uh, the the contract for CJ McCollum is three years. It's very controllable, and I think they'll be able to move that contract if they need to. But and it just makes sense for them to keep CJ McCollum, especially with the roster that they have now. Draymond doesn't make a lot of sense to me because he's a he's a declining asset. He's no he especially last after last, like after last season he's not the same player that he was like uh, back in like the the glory days of the Warriors like he's no longer that guy who is super athletic who you know can can consistently play the five and you know switch so I I I don't think locking Draymond and plus he's not really the best locker room guy if you think about it like he's had a bunch of locker room issues and stuff he's clashed with Steve Kerr. So I don't think locking him up for four years and a hundred million dollars is gonna be the solution. And think about it this way: the Warriors now with Steph, Clay, and Draymond north of four hundred million dollars over the next four years. That's a lot of money to commit to three players, especially when one of them is basically dead weight now. Now, I'm gonna I I agree with you on the CJ McCollum thing. Um, also, uh, to add on to that, the fact that Portland won't get any free agents yeah. anyway so you might as well you gotta keep, keep your good you players um i'm gonna disagree with you on the donkey dream on green thing man calling him donkey bro <laughs> bro so used to it now man <laughs> i'm gonna disagree with you on the dream on green thing i think all the, the first fact is that dream on green uh probably will have gone more on the open market so you sign him for cheaper um in addition to i think i think the fact that they have Steph Clay and Draymond, I think you have to get the most of this run as much as you can. So but four I mean, years though, four years is a lot. But at the same time, you want to get the most of because uh, they have Clay. I mean, they could have easily front loaded this contract. They got they got Clay for the next what five years or whatever. Four five years. years. Yeah, they have Steph for the next how many years or whatever it is. So I think you Forever. you try to get the most out of this current team, current dynasty you have right now. And you're talking about the glory days of the world. Technically, like the 2016 Draymond was only like three years ago. He can still and and the fact that he took that step back that was with KD there. So I think you take out KD out of the equation. 
I think he he has the potential to go back to that. Obviously, injuries kind of killed I f- him. Yeah, I feel like his health concerns is something. But at the same time, I think I think if he got more into shape again this season, especially even all the Warriors said they were unmotivated last year and uh, the years prior because I, you're not gonna be motivated if you're easily dominating the league like that. I think this year with KD gone, I think everyone, not even especially Draymond, will be more motivated to back up his talk about KD leaving. I think Draymond will be a lot better for them this season uh, with the ball in his hands more, especially with Clay not there. So I think, in my opinion, I think I like the Draymond Green si- uh, extension for the I Warriors. mean, we have to see. I honestly just think it's it's a bit too I long. I mean, I, I think it's a bit too long. I agree with that. But I think, in my opinion, you have to do it for me, personally. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, are you up or under on Jeremy Lin uh, basically saying that the league has uh, has kicked him out. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you up or under on Jeremy Lin basically getting another shot in the NBA? Uh, getting another shot? I think I'm up. I just think uh, I think he deserves another shot, but you just think that's the way the NBA is. Like, you know, like, you can't make... Like, there's a lot of Jeremy Lin fans that are like, oh, um, he should... Especially Markham. <laughs> Markham. Markham, man. So that's, uh, if you live you live in if you live in Toronto, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, there's a lot of like Jeremy Lin fans that are like, "Yo, he deserves a chance over any of these other players," which I don't agree with. I I think he deserves a chance, but not to the expense of any of the other guys, because all the other guys work just as hard as Jeremy Lin. I don't think he should be. I feel like in because of. But his I also reputation. feel like his play style is also kind of being outdated. Outdated now. He's the more, fact that he he's a slasher and a creator. Not, he's not a three-point shooter. Three shooter. He's not a shooter. He's not a shooter. That's that's I think the main thing that kills him. And the fact that uh, you look at the only times he was actually pretty productive, like efficiency-wise, or the only times you can point to that are New York Knicks and Brooklyn Nets, which are both under um, like the same system, Offensive which was coaches and spread out offense. Yeah, you know, like well, Kenny like Jeremy Atkinson, would have the ball in his Mike hands. Mike D'Antoni and Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, you know, would Jeremy so, would have the ball in his hands yeah. and create so, for others? That was the only time he was ever like properly efficient. And he, the thing is, the thing is, he he didn't help his case by playing like trash for the Raptors. He had a chance on a championship he caliber team. He had a big opportunity yes, with Fred Van Vliet out. But, they really needed him, and like he played like trash. Yeah, and I feel like just like Nick Nurse was just like, look, I. It's hard to trust him because at, at the end of the day, that's not how the Raptors play. The Raptors move the ball, move the ball, him. and kick it out. Exactly. They 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 and don't. Jeremy Lin. That's not really. Especially with Ka- playing with Kawhi, like you know, you're gonna give the ball up to yeah. Kawhi, and you're gonna have to stay and spot up, and you know what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, it's not Jeremy's game. But yeah, I mean, I I guess I think he just needs to find the right fit for him. Yeah, me. definitely. I feel like yeah, he he can still be. I think he's still a serviceable backup, and I think. Uh, or or and I forgot to uh, add in Atlanta. He was pretty good in Atlanta. Too. Yeah, he was pretty decent. And Same think, thing because he had a guy like Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce in his system too. Yeah. So, I definitely think Jeremy can get, deserves an op- another opportunity, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, are you up or under on the new uh, NCAA rule, uh, player agent rule? It's already known as the Rich Paul rule. So um, let me let me just talk about it. Uh, if you guys don't know, so the NCAA implemented a new rule for uh, agents that are trying to be um, uh, agents for rookies. So they must have a bachelor's degree now. They must be NBPA certified for at least three years. They must maintain a professional liability insurance. So pretty much they're saying you can't just be a walk-on agent. You have to have like some yeah. relevant like 
uh, experience or like education. Yeah. So basically, which is why it's called the Rich Paul Rule because Rich Paul is technically not. He, he never went to college. Like or yeah, anything. he never went to college or anything. He just basically became an agent because he was LeBron's agent and he started getting more clients and more popularity. And now he essentially and owns now, the league. Yeah, dude, think about it. It's, it's crazy how the like the whole LeBron like team literally owns the league, bro. Yeah, literally. Like, Maverick Carter, Rich Paul, LeBron just own the whole yeah. league. Dude, they, they literally got some of the biggest players in the league right now. Like they got who they got. They Not got, even, bro. They just they control everything the league does. Like yeah, bro, everything everything just revolves around. Like imagine just. I mean, that's crazy. Man. That's what it is. I mean, honestly speaking, I'm up because at the end of the day, for young players especially, you don't want just any random guy representing you. I feel like you do want a qualified representative. And I feel like it also helps agents who put in the work to become qualified agents to get clients. You know, like Rich Paul. Yes, Rich Paul. I don't th- say, I don't think that... I'm not saying that Rich Paul doesn't work hard. I'm not saying Rich Paul doesn't, like, uh, deserve any every all the success that he's had. But I do feel like a lot of the success has to do with him being LeBron's agent, LeBron's guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he was just a random agent... You know, with no no experience, I don't think he'll be getting this level of clientele that he has. Okay, but the thing... Okay, well, I kind of agree with that. But I think the thing is, too, like, you can look at his experience. He got John Wall, that huge deal, Eric Bledsoe, all these guys. No, I, no I, I do admit that, like, yeah, he he did put in the work and he died. And he, and he, he is a good negotiator. He's gotten, Smith, Tristan he's Thompson. gotten a lot of guys, good good amount of money. But at the end of the day, there, there's agents who are coming up who are more qualified and deserve the opportunity to 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 you know to represent especially young players who are coming into the league uh well, instead of rich paul just scooping all the young guys up because like look he scooped up ben simmons i think I, i'm mixed about this because of the fact um yeah i agree with you on on the fact that you kind of have to have some regulations uh especially just for young players not to get like finesse but at the same time too i think i think there's just and rightfully so, this is just pretty much another example of the NCAA trying to control their money. Um, because the main cause, I think, because of this was, and even other people said this, the main cause of this was the whole Darius Baisley thing, where Darius Baisley skipped out on the NCAA, went to New Zealand, got his internship, which was a great deal by Rich Paul. He got him, he signed him with Under Armour. He got him an internship at Under Armour, so he expands his business resume already as um as a 19, 18 year old, wherever it is. Yeah, and kids young. And the NCAA doesn't like that. And we've seen NCAA pretty much just finesses all these kids' money because yeah. they're making millions of dollars, and then they're not even they're they're not uh like giving one cent of it to any of the kids that are making the that they're making the profit off of. So I think I'm on the fence about this because, yeah, you can say it, it ensures them, but at the same time, it kind of it's kind of unfair as well from the perspective of the NCAA just trying to control things as they always do. I mean, do. yeah, I mean that is also one way to look at it as well. But at the end of the day, it's uh, we'll have to wait and see how this rule is going to be, how this rule is going to play out. Like right now, it's I believe that they just recently implemented the rule, so. We'll see. We'll see. Well, how, we'll I think see it's going to change when the NBA also abolishes the one and done rule, which mm-hmm. they said they're going to do in I think twenty one or twenty two. I feel like that's a mistake. That's, that's I don't think that, so. that's going to be a mistake. I don't think so. That's to be a mistake because uh, you look at a bunch of big players that came in; they they came straight out of high school. Yeah, but dude, a maturity level has to be there, man. Like you, you there's especially someone who is who ha- who's been in college now for a few years. 
the education on the response, like the the whole, I guess the responsibility, the learning value of going to going to college or university. Yeah, but is, I is think there. It's, it's a different thing now where the NBA has all those programs for no, the young I, players. No, I do admit, yeah, they do. And have then, them. and the the fact is that you can talk about the whole maturity thing, but it's no, still, I think the only players that only that are gonna come out of high school straight to the NBA is gonna be the big players. All the smaller players are probably still gonna. Yeah, go I think I think like the NBA needs to like heavily like restrict like or like put some qualifications as far as like who can like just like jump from high school. I think I don't think everyone should be able to. I think that's completely completely ridiculous. I think that's going to turn very into a very chaotic situation. But I guess we should move we should move on. Um, so are you up or under on Kyle Lowry staying long term with the Raptors? Now, obviously Lowry was, you know, he he's at USA Basketball training camps and. Uh, he was asked about Kawhi leaving, and he would, and he also mentioned that he would love to stay long term in Toronto. So you're up and under on him staying long term. Well, I mean, I'm up if he just wants to, like a small deal. Obviously, if he wants bigger money, then like so can't really give him. So that. taking in the Raptors, I have a lot of cap space starting next season. So like, I think in total next season, they with like with all their free agents off the books, they have their their whole salary is like thirty five million. They're gearing up for the what is it twenty twenty one twenty twenty one free agency class. Yeah, it's twenty twenty one. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, even guys like uh uh, there are reports about them trying to aim for possibly a guy like Jalen Brown or something too. Um, oh, that's interesting. That that would be interesting. That's interesting. Um, but I think well, long term, I'd like to keep him. To be honest, just because of the fact that he is like the ultimate raptor. Yeah, so just keep him for that legacy. I but. especially after he's won the ring, I feel. Yeah. Like, and I feel like I, there's, he, I feel like there's less pressure. It. I feel like there's, there's less pressure on him yeah. now to come back. Like even if he comes back and never wins another ring and stuff. Well, I mean, it's honestly you won you won a ring. Like there's a lot of players in the league who say they can. Like you already have one more ring than Charles Barkley. You have one more ring than Steve Nash. And these not guys are mention, legends. Not to mention that like he arguably has a Hall of Fame resume. Now he does. Yeah, Ar- arguably yeah. gold medal, NBA championship. Uh, now na- did he win a national championship? I think he won a national championship with Villanova. I think so. So yeah, national championship with Villanova. Yeah, it definitely is. A, it's a hall. All star, all star, all stars, uh, all NBA third team. Um, like, I mean, yeah. definitely a hall of famer, a hall of famer to me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm with you. If Lowry can take a cheaper deal, I and think especially the fact that he can just play out his career, just yeah. ease ease up, like, and then let Fred VanVleet take the reins, and yeah. then him just. Him becoming like the sixth man, and I think I think it has a lot to do with Kyle's gonna work with Masai because the Raptors still have to pay a pace and players. Like yes, they have a lot of money, uh, flexibility starting next season, but they need to st- talk about a Pascal Siakam extension. He's gonna he deserves a max level extension, a Fred Van Vliet new contract, and then obviously some other free agents that they're going to sign. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then yeah, finally, uh, are you up or under on Vince Carter signing with the Hawks to return for his twenty second season? Which I think, if I'm not mistaken, is the most ever. I it think. is the most ever. Yeah. If he plays, he's the most ever. Yeah. Um, this is tough. Okay, I'm up that he's playing. I'm under that he's. I wish. The I wish. Yeah. I wish he came to. Yeah. Rapids. I wish he. I wish he just came back well, in one have, more season. We already have like the what 19 players right now, so. Uh, it's we not can really. cut a man and just put Vince. In, whatever. Well, Vince wants to. The, the I think he, he wants to play though. That's the thing. Yeah, and I think the minutes is the problem with the Raptors. Um, Especially with our, we have a bunch of like forwards too. Yeah. So honestly, it's not gonna happen. He has a role. He has a mentorship role with the Hawks already, and I think it's it's great what he's doing. Like obviously, twenty two NBA seasons is, is amazing. Honestly, it's like 
for a guy of uh, like for Vince Carter to literally, you know, he's the first player to play in four different decades. He's played That's in the 90s, the, the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and now the 2020s. Gee, that's crazy. He is the first player to play. That's crazy. That is, that's actually crazy. Yeah, but... Imagine uh, if he, he stayed one more year and he was playing the 2020s, too. Yeah, no, he's playing in the 2020s, like, starting next season. Oh, yeah, true. This, he's 20, yeah, 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 2019, 2020 yeah, 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 yeah. season. That's why it's four different decades, yeah, yeah, which is true. insane. Absolutely insane. But, yeah, I mean, it's nice that Vince Carter's coming back for one more season and... uh you know, he's had a definitely a Hall of Famer, Fame career. I would have loved to see him win a championship, but obviously, you know, it is what it is. And with that, guys, that concludes this week's episode. If you guys enjoyed the episode, definitely leave it a like. Subscribe to the show. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us. We're the Up and Under Podcast. Follow us on social media. We are at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our handle is at Up and Under Pod. That's Up, letter N, Under Pod. Follow us there for all the latest updates whenever we, we post a new episode or our reaction to news that when they occur. So follow us there or if you want to interact with us as well, definitely definitely follow us there. And uh, yeah, as always, guys, we will see you guys all in the next episode. Take it easy. Peace.